This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting on demand from Buffalo, New York, where today is Sunday, June 20th, 2021. Today on the program, we have, of course, wrestling television viewership to review. We have wrestling live event ticket sales to review. We have the wrestling Patreon industry, a $2 million plus industry. WWE stock has burst back to reality. AEW is lagging on Facebook. There's a Forbes article on Tony Khan with plenty of interesting information, including about the profitability, or lack thereof, of All Elite Wrestling. All that today and more, but first... And now, joining us from my South by Southeast, the uh, the Buffalo Blue Jays' very own, the um, comedian, ring announcer, entertainer, entrepreneur, gardener, kitchen cleaner, <laughs> Chris Gold joins us from South Buffalo to discuss the week's events. Hello. Hello, yeah, we have the kind of the opposite effect of normal weeks. I did not take a nap this uh, morning, early oh. afternoon. I will mostly be taking a nap later after this. Uh, I got a little bit of a late start today uh, due to uh, working a live demonstration seminar yesterday, getting home late. So, Where, where was your live demonstration seminar? Uh, it, it, it was uh, at the Oakdale Mall in Johnson okay. City. In Bingham, just outside Binghamton. Yeah. Yeah. How was how was that? How was that entertainment affair? Oh. Did you, do, you you practiced your ring announcing skills? It was nice to get some reps in, you know. Nice to get some reps in. But hey, there is a restaurant across the street that makes a vegan Cuban, and it is phenomenal. Really, across the street from the mall. Yeah, it's called Food and Fire. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I hit the wrestling ropes. I took a couple back bumps too this week for the first time. Ooh, I saw the ropes March on Twitter. I didn't see the back bumps. Twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I because I don't want to make people think that it was because of the bumps because I really do believe it's just I took like I took some flip bumps and I took some back bumps, but I I think what really did it was running full speed on the ropes. Not that many times, but but full speed, back and forth, like reps of five to ten a few times. Uh, I think I'm back to normal today, so we can, we can resume on Monday, perhaps. Um, New York State's open for wrestling. Now we'll see if Brandon Thurston is. Is it? Is is it? Is that uh, what people have concluded based on the latest rulings from New York State? Yeah, there's been multiple shows to be announced now. So, okay. I heard is ESW now officially running a show. Yes, July thirty first. You found a venue. I found. I found. I found the date. It was a long search. ESW's never run at Riverworks before. No, not on its own anyway. As as in in partnership, perhaps with others. It's ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, we'll see when I wrestle. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is um. 
what what is what is the name of this uh, spreadsheet that we use to track the uh, the wrestling ratings that is that we give access uh, to to patrons? Uh, the name of this this document. You mean the uh, viewership spreadsheet? The WrestleNomics viewership spreadsheet. Yes. Yeah, the WrestleNomics viewership. Spreadsheet. Say that three times. The fast. WrestleNomics viewership spreadsheet. The WrestleNomics viewership spreadsheet. And you're saying it. You're saying it too slowly. The, the WrestleNomics. <laughs> yeah, see that. <laughs> My point is, I, I feel like this needs a rebranding. Um, maybe the WrestleNomics ratings something. I don't know. It just feels like a mouthful. But anyway, the WrestleNomics ratings tracker. Subscribers get. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Is that more marketable? Tracker. Because spreadsheet sounds mundane and something like somebody at work makes you do. Well, yeah. in my day in my day job, they call our spreadsheets trackers. So tracker. Yeah. The word spreadsheet itself is a tongue. Report twister. card, too, is what we call some things. A ratings report, report card. card. But this is a data set. This is big stuff. This is not just a, a table. Oh no! This is. A, I wonder how many how many kilobytes, megabytes this this document is. You can't tell because it's a Google uh, Google sheet. It would crash any Dell laptop that was made at least five years ago or before for how much information it has. Is that is is that a description of your laptop? My old laptop, yes. <laughs> hmm, okay. You have acquired a laptop just for your uh, expedition. Yeah, I, the, as the co-host, this laptop you is just for podcasting. <laughs> I'd really hardly use it for anything else. Okay, I've been scraping more. I have been scraping Cage Match as of last night. I'm having some some issues with it this morning. I let it run all night. I was trying to scrape all of the results. Take a guess. How many events does Cage Match have in its database? Oh, I mean, I would say two million. Two million events, not not matches, events. Because if, it, it goes back to the seventies with some of the territory stuff. Like if you look up Terry Funk, you, oh, it goes back to yeah, so. They've got stuff from the thirties. I, 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 I think they've got like, it all. Gosh, all the indie been. shows all across the globe. I'm going to say two million. I know that's a crazy number, but no. it's it's over three hundred thousand. See, that just seems to me light. I think that's. I, I don't know, but I would guess that that's bigger than wrestling data. But uh, internet. I'm finally internet wrestling that. database. Yeah. I've found is even more detailed at, in certain things when I do the research for the state independent wrestling history. They sometimes have more than Cage mm. Match does. Yeah. Okay. If I'm doing that, I've had in the past. We've had uh, Matt Schroeder, who did the the WrestleNomics 500 list. Uh, he has scraped Cage Match and wrestling data. And shared some of that as well. Shared that information with with me in the past. Trying to do it. I think he was using R though. I'm using Python. Um, just different programming languages. Um, and I let it run all night last night, or I tried to. And I, I managed to scrape about 12,000 events, uh, pulling the match out of each one. Uh, I have like a, a progress thing that prints to the, to the screen as it goes. I'm about 2% in. <laughs> it's 
So this will be an, an ongoing uh, work. But uh, that's all I have, I think, for this week. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. No, uh, if you want to take the driver's seat, go. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get right into it. And why don't we start with that? whatever you want to call it, the Russell Amick's viewership spreadsheet track or whatever, kind of talk about viewership as I'll be kind of reading off on that. Um, we will uh, start with the June 11th uh, SmackDown, which did 1.944,000, which was a little bit of an uptick uh, on overall, but a little bit of a drop in 18 to 49. It did a 0.48 compared to the 0.51 um, the week before. Um, we did not have a new biography this week uh as they uh i think i'm, I'm not sure right. if they're done or they took a break because of the two hour most run in treasures they're done i believe that i believe um, that's the end but most because there is another at least, i know there's at least one other most wanted treasures tonight um and i don't know if there's any more after that oh that's right there, no there's there's um yeah there's rick flair tonight uh they're not done. Yeah, they're not done with the most wanted treasures yet, but they are. I believe they are done with biographies. So, but let's talk about most wanted treasures. And I was honestly shocked that they aired the episode, probably because it was Andre the Giant memorabilia, but it was featuring Mark Henry and the Big Show, and it did. You can't let that content it did go. Four hundred eighty-seven thousand overall with a point nineteen in the eighteen to forty-nine. Um, and uh, I mean, on a Sunday, I'm not sure if they were going. I mean, they were, it's going against takeover. So, yeah, yeah. A lot of these have gone against pay-per-views or takeovers. Tonight's will be going against Hell in a Cell. That's true. Part of which we already saw on Friday night. <laughs> well, some <laughs> just saw. Um, um, quickly, let's let's talk about the um. Let's talk about SmackDown. Now. Yeah. Uh, a SmackDown is always in, in, in a weird spot in relation to this podcast because if it happened on Friday. We have an overnight number. Um, and we have we just talked about last week's uh, final number, or the overnight number, one point nine two six million. So one, about one point nine million viewers is the overnight number. The overnight number always comes in a couple hundred thousand lower than the the final number. I would guess that's just due to I think the, the overnight consists of major markets uh, and extrapolates them onto the population. And uh, maybe wrestling is just disproportionately popular in non-major markets or something. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, that's the highest overnight since May 7th. So I'd expect this to be the highest viewership since May 7th. That would make, in all likelihood, this this is the first time that SmackDown has uh, hit 2 million viewers in over a month, probably. But we'll get that final number probably on Monday. Uh, but they decided to put, what, what tell us about this? So Summarize this we got one. very short notice uh, that they were moving the Hell in a Cell match between Rey Mysterio and Roman Reigns from the Hell in a Cell named event on Pe- Peacock to this week's Friday yes. Night SmackDown. You know, in the uh, the linguistic world of the world of World Wrestling Entertainment, it is important to distinguish the Royal Rumble match from the Royal Run- Rumble pay per view or event. Uh, the Hell in a Cell match from the Hell in a Cell event. Uh, the Money in the Bank match from the Money in the Bank event. Uh, just like pronouns, you can't you can't just be be vague like that. People, or at least one person, gets upset. Um, so I was speculating that maybe you know SmackDown ratings have kind of been slipping lately. Not that you don't necessarily expect that. It's May. It's going against the uh, playoffs at times, um, the NBA playoffs. 
Um, but may, may, you know, ratings haven't been great lately, and maybe Fox is sitting here thinking, well, you're, you're building up what's, what's happening on, on SmackDown lately. Well, they're building up this match between Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio, and that's going to happen not on our TV, not on our show, but on Peacock, that, that NBC Universal, one of our competitor zones. And, may, and maybe uh, WWE faced some pressure from Fox to put that match that they're building up on SmackDown on SmackDown rather than on somebody else's property. Uh, I speculated that on Twitter. And I've had uh, a couple people who, a couple people tell me who should know better than I do that um, that's, that's probably not what happened, or at least they believe that, that that's not what happened. Um, you know, when it comes to the whims of Vince McMahon, who knows why anything in that company happens creatively. So, uh, yeah. I can't think of any other reason why. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe Vince decided he wanted to do a, a cage match before they do their MMA cage match on which AEW did a uh, MMA style match that night on Dynamite between Jake Hager and Wardlow. Wardlow. Yeah. Which, which I saw, I didn't see it, but I saw clips of it. it looked, they, they shot it exactly like a UFC or other pro MMA match would be shot, which was very interesting, I thought. I, I, hey, it's, I thought it was cool and it's something, something different. But they're trying to get an audience that's very popular. But yeah, nonetheless, yeah, that uh, I mean, obviously it helped with the overnight. Uh, we'll, I mean, we'll see with the overall. But you're thinking over two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, is this something where? See, the problem is, is then if you start favoring Fox with this, then Peacock goes. Well, NBC Universal goes. Wait, we pay this for Peacock to put you on Peacock, and now you're not putting caliber. I mean, because let's just face it. Of the current active stars, Roman Reigns is the biggest star in World Wrestling Entertainment. The, the leader in Google Web Search among those who actually appear on TV. And when you pull those searches, you notice that nostalgia acts normally mm-hmm. pop up in the top 10, top 15. Rey yeah. Mysterio is one of those guys. Yeah. You know, so these are arguably probably your two biggest stars, and you just pull them off. Uh you know, of Peacock. I I mean, how now like, okay, you piece Fox, but now what's, you know, NBC universal going to think like, well, according to Ad- Andrew Zarian from the Matt men podcast, which is part of the uh, observer F4W site. Um, he says that NBC universal is not happy about this decision, which, which would make sense. Um, Fox has one of, one of the free streaming services, right? Is it to be to be, is that, is that theirs anyway? Um, um, I know they put a lot of stuff on it, like next day on Hulu, and then they do they have their own Fox, but you really have to have a cable provider to watch, which is weird because yeah, Fox doesn't uh, Fox doesn't even own a piece of of Hulu anymore. I believe it's NBCU and, and Disney's okay. partnership alone now, but they used to. Uh, and, and SmackDown is still on Hulu. However, that works out. I don't know, but there it is. Fox is probably getting some licensing fee or something. Well, yeah, because like I remember watching. I don't know how long ago they they didn't own a piece, but like I'd watch Gotham the next day on Hulu on Fox, and that ended like a year or two years ago. So, but all right, so we will uh, move on until WWE Raw, which on uh, this Monday did one point seven, a little over one point seven million with uh, a point forty nine and 18 to 49. And if you do the comparison from May 24th, we got a bump over four weeks 
where that did 1.6 and a 0.45 in the 18 to 49. So this raw did a bump. Was it the Eva Marie return? That did it. And uh, what, what's uh, what's Piper Niven's new name? How's it pronounced? Nobody, nobody really knows that. I'm assuming it's Dewdrop. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I think I, w- I would categorize this as a normal uh, rating for for Raw, uh, even though on a week to week basis, the the wrestling news headlines will say up. Um, this is this is after a number of weeks where it was down. Or was it down? No, this is actually the fifth, I think the third consecutive week when I was up. But anyway, um, in one of the, the tabs on the viewership spreadsheet, see, see how hard that is to say? On one of the tabs on, on the spreadsheet, um, there's a report where you can see uh, what, I, what I sometimes call the WrestleNomics normal rating or the WrestleNomics O-meter, which takes the, the total audience, the 1849 audience, the 18 to 34 audience, and I do a median of the given episode compared to the, or I take the of the viewership of the given episode compared to the median of the last four weeks, and then I take the median of that of those three deltas, and say, all right, what's the median delta here? How how above or below expectations was was this? And this is like barely above normal for raw. And in fact, um, all of the all the numbers that we now have final numbers for among the the five in ring programs that we follow here, of uh, four except for four out of five, except for impact are nearly at a zero for normalcy, basically meaning, yeah, this was a very normal number. Uh, impact will be slightly down because they had uh, pretty big drops in their younger audience in the key demos. But anyway, uh, move on to NXT, which uh, saw the return of Samoa Joe did uh 695,000 now with a point 19 yep. in 1849. If you compare that to uh, last week uh, on June 8th, 670,000 with a point nineteen in 1849. So not much of a difference there. But now, but now we have granularity. Here, here's a little known fact here. In the Showbiz Daily era, we would only be talking about these demo ratings, which are now going to, well, I guess SpoilerTV.com is, is still reporting demo ratings. But um, we're, we're so fixated on these demo ratings that um, I'm not sure how much they are actually relied upon in the in the TV industry overall, but but there, but certainly Nielsen is, is delivering them. Uh, if if we were still in the Showbiz Daily era, and uh, we would we would only know that it was point one nine, and we would say, oh, no difference, exact same as last week because this week did point one nine for NXT, last week did point one nine. But because I have P eighteen forty nine actual viewership counts, we know that the audience was ten thousand people smaller in eighteen forty nine. So now that comes up as down four percent just to give you an idea of how how easy it is to overanalyze well yeah because you know being based on the overall number because they had an uptick that's why it doesn't seem like there's a drop i'm just saying it's a 0.19 did you get what i said there oh so yeah i mean so that's the thing. If you just heard point one nine, oh, they're you know not much of a difference. But as you pointed out there, and, and as you can see, there was more overall viewers with that you know that fifty yes. and plus and probably you know under eighteen viewership group. So most likely fifty plus. So yeah, most likely yes. Uh, as we'll talk about later, the median age among 
all the wrestling programs, in fact, that we follow, not just the in-ring programs, all of them. NXT, the oldest of all. Uh, even even in this Tuesday night era. So speaking of AEW, a uh, little Friday Night Dynamite, this is the rating from June 11th, uh, which did 487,000 with a uh, 0.19 in 1849 with 244,000 overall in that group. And if you look at from June 4th, 460,000 with a uh, 0.19 as well, but that was 247,000 in the 18249. So once again, a little bit uptick in over overall, but the 1849 dropped. Yeah, this was better than last week, but not as good as their first Friday, which was the Friday before they did the pay-per-view. Um, we're, we're looking at, what, about half, a little over half of the, the one, normal Wednesday night audience. This coming week, Dynamite is on Saturday. I wonder how, uh, how, how the audience is going to recover once they do return to Wednesdays. Is there going to be, uh, is, is, is the viewership going to be down? when they return to Wednesday versus their normal spot when they were last on Wednesday. Something we'll look at in July, I guess. But uh, people have been talking about, well, I don't know, I've been talking about, um, where, to what degree does this give us an idea of how AEW Rampage is going to be when that program debuts? On TNT in August, August 13th or something, which will move to TBS, in 2022 along with dynamite um we're going to look at this you have to look at just the first hour because rampage is going to be a one-hour program that runs from 10 to 11 okay and the first hour of these dynamite episodes is running from 10 to 11 so what's the average viewership we get the quarter hours of course because the observer has the quarter hours uh so the quarter hours average just for the first hour um for this week and last week are close closer to the same actually actually let's see here the average total audience for hour one uh on may 28th 587,000 following week 495 the following 547 that's total audience total audience doesn't matter though key viewership or key demo that's the only thing that matters and though the three weeks have averaged 291 251 and 273. I think this is not, these are not the numbers that Rampage is going to do. I think Rampage is going to do a step under this um, by 5, 10%, something like that, because um, I think it's optimistic to imagine that this is where. This is the A show right now that people are gravitating to uh by the time rampage goes on the air it's going to be the third hour of AEW that you're asking people to watch during the week um tony khan can say what he wants to on busted open about how there is no b show and they're both a shows a a and a or whatever he wants to say about how you know they're not going to treat this like a b show uh dynamite is going to be perceived as the a show dynamite is the show that is uh in the far better time slot Dynamite is the show that uh, is two hours long versus the one hour that Rampage will be. And Dynamite uh, came first. So I think by the time, consider all that. And then by the time you ask people to watch a third hour, maybe then they, you know, they've already had their fix of AEW or of wrestling in general at that point. 
And I think it's going to do a step under this. I don't, I don't think you can compare the A show to what the B show uh, is going to do in terms of, um, even though it's the same time slot. So I would predict uh, mid 400,000s in total viewership, low to mid 200,000s in 1849. That would be my guess. All right. All right. So uh, we'll move on to a, a friendly promotion of AEW Impact Wrestling. Uh, Thursday, June 17th, they did 111,000 overall with uh, a .03 in the 18 to 49 compared to the week before, 120,000 with a .05 in the 18 to 49. And the 18 to 49, it's interesting because they did 39,000 overall in that this, uh, this week compared to the 60,000 on June 10th. Not going against Dark Side of the Ring this week for the first time uh, since that season started. But no, the China documentary on Vice, which you can find those ratings on the WrestleNomics Patreon spreadsheet. Um, the China documentary, I think, did 153,000. I'm, I'm scrolling to find it right now. But uh, yeah, 158,000 the China documentary did, which is lower than any episode of, um, just, just slightly lower than any episode of Dark Side of the Ring did. This is a two-hour documentary, uh, but, it's, but as usual, as, as all the Dark Side episodes did, it overlapped the, the second hour of, of Impact, did not compete with the first hour. Um, yeah, this is a two-hour two documentary. That's the number for the whole two hours. Um, again, lower than any other episode of, of Dark Side. Uh, did you watch the China documentary, Chris Gull? I did. Did you? Did you, and did you in, enjoy it? Was it was it unenjoyable? Was it sad? I mean, the it was well done from the perspective of Vice, you know, taking what the previous documentary crew, which I did not enjoy, them and her manager and the way she was used and abused and and. The the problem is is she always had it seemed like when she had a falling out with WWE, from what I get from that, and I know this is we're not we don't really, but from what I understand, is she really wrestling was her family. She wanted to be part of that. But like all these people I think were pulling her in a direction of, well, you're this big star. You can't go anywhere for less than a million dollars. You you need to be on reality TV, you need to be in movies, this and that. And like when all reality, her life probably would have been a, down a better path if she would have been, okay, you know what? I had a falling out with WWE. There's TNA. There's, you know, she was in Japan, but then she stopped showing up to bookings. Like, there's the independence. If she really made wrestling the focus and didn't surround herself around these Hollywood, you know, bloodsuckers, <laughs> like, you know, I it's it's tragic, and I feel I really feel sorry for her. So yeah, so I mean, I I did watch it overall. I think what Vice did with it, it was very good. Uh, they're. Uh, they're now doing these like special vice versa things. It seems like based on other shows. So like the dark side of football, they've been doing that. I've not, I don't think it's been good, but now they're doing one of these vice versus next week. That's talking about how black quarterbacks are treated in the NFL. And I, that will be pretty interesting. Um, And, uh, and then we also got a announcement that dark side of the nineties is coming this summer. Really? Yes. Oh man, is is that what's going to go on on Thursday night? Yeah, uh, on Vice. Yeah, I, I should mention too, and someone pointed this out on Twitter when I was you know, tweeting about the ratings or whatever. 
so Vice, I and mean, we've talked about this too in comparison, uh, comparing MLW. I think maybe we were even talking about um, New Japan, you know, reportedly uh, in discussions with um, with Vice, uh, or and, and previously their home being Access. Vice is in. I think we found something like seventy million homes versus Access is in forty million homes. So Vice is in a better position to to do higher ratings just because it's in significantly more homes than Access. While, while pointing out that uh, Dark Side of the Ring is being viewed more widely by, I don't know, about 100,000 viewers, roughly, more so than, than Impact is. Yeah, so, I mean, Vice, they, we, we've seen MLW on there. Now they're doing documentaries aside of Dark Side of the Ring about wrestling. They did, I don't know if you've ever watched Vice News. It's probably honest to no. me, it's like the most other than maybe BBC uh, world news, the most honest like news and uh, they do a lot of pieces and they, they, they've recently done C-Spania. Yeah. I know you're seeing. <laughs> what about I'm wearing, I'm wearing the C-Spania um, shirt today. They, uh, they did a piece on RVD and his thoughts on how cannabis can help people and all that. So like they're more wrestling is getting infused. Uh, no pun intended. Oh, this is a, this is a good, good time to bring this up. I saw, I was on Instagram, okay, and uh, I got served like one of the one of the, one of these like wrestling news site memes. Have you seen? You probably know what I'm talking about. Just this this stuff that that shows up on Instagram, and it's you know it's Instagram, so it has to be like a big image, and it's almost like a meme. And it was, and I was trying to say that like uh, WWE is now no longer fining people for for using marijuana or something, right? Because if people don't know. The uh, so W has a wellness policy. Purportedly, they drug test people for numerous banned substance, substances. Uh, they test you for marijuana. They do not count that as a strike against you towards suspension, but they do fine you. Uh, but so I saw this this suggestion, this supposed report that they're no longer testing for marijuana or punishing people for marijuana, and I looked at at least according to the, the corporate website under banned substances. Uh, or that sound or banned substances, but it's but the but the marijuana rule is still in there, the, the weed tax, as they say. Uh, there's that that hasn't changed on the corporate website. I don't think it will change in any sports really until it's a federal legalization. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah. All right, so uh, I know uh, you know kind of want to talk about median ages the last six weeks for all these programs. And uh, we'll start with uh, AW Dynamite. The median age has been 49 years old. The youngest, well, actually tied with well, uh, the biography. And Dark Side of the Ring. All did 49 for overall yes. median. Yes, this is this is, this is at the, the last six weeks. So um, this is probably not. Would this be all the biography episodes? Maybe close to I it. think like five of the six. Yeah. Uh, Impact Wrestling, fifty-two years old. Yeah, usually older. So I think they're they're doing better. Than that them. might be some of the Kenny Omega and what's, all what's that re- being involved. What's really happened noticeably is that the the total viewership for Impact has gone down. So it's kind of gone down to the right trend over the last let's say three hundred sixty-five days, and then but the eighteen forty-nine viewership has gone up. So. I tweet these trends that uh, I think we talked about this last week. Yeah, the, the total viewership is going down. So uh, people who hate AEW 
enjoy saying that this 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 relationship isn't working out. Uh, but the but the eighteen forty nine audience is rising, and you can see that reflected in younger uh, a younger median viewer than WWE's audience for their in ring programming. Uh, Most wanted treasures also did forty nine uh, years old. You kind of you know going with I'm assuming the audience from biography they don't all stay, but the majority of them stay. So uh, Raw did yeah. fifty five years old. Uh, SmackDown did 56 and NXT did 57. Yep. Now I know linear TV. I I was talking to someone, uh, a couple of people earlier this week and they were trying to understand the wrestling business and the wrestling audience. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the linear TV viewer, I do not think is, is representative of, of the average wrestling fan. Uh, I think the linear, obviously, the people you're using linear TV are just just tend to be older, because uh, people who are younger tend to be using other forms of media, and maybe they're following WWE uh, through the internet, through their phone somehow. Uh, got another NPS survey coming up, well, where uh, I'll be surveying people about uh, the various in ring programs, and uh, I usually find through that that. The median response to that, this is something that's served out through a Facebook ad, which uh, may be older as well. But nonetheless, the median age when I do those studies tends to be about 40. By the way, why do we do median age here? It's a math show. So why, why, why not just average age? It's not as if there's this uh, huge variance among people's ages. People tend, tend to die around the same age. It's, it's not as if there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's people who are 30 and 32 and 33 and 40 and, and 279. It's not as if there would be one big number that would skew things, but maybe it's because of the sample. Nielsen is using a sample, so it doesn't want to, um, it, it's not like median income where, yeah, you want to do median income because you've got millionaires who will skew it and, and give you a misleading result. But anyway. All right. And uh, so now we're going to move on to, a live events update from Brendan Thurston. We should get a little dun 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 dun. So uh, I, I did this last week, and I have all the screenshots saved from last week, the thirteenth, and then I did this again this morning, the twentieth, just to see if there's any noticeable difference between uh, any of these seating maps. Uh, this is we're talking about now. AEW's return to touring. WWE's return to touring. Uh, AEW, we've got three events that are actually on Ticketmaster, a couple that are not. So we're only going to talk only going to talk about the Ticketmaster stuff today. But um, Miami, which is their first event back on the road, July seventh, uh, doesn't look great. Uh, it didn't look great last week. Doesn't look great this week. I had people telling me last week, well, well, they just reopened all these different seats because they removed the COVID restrictions and stuff. There's there's hundreds of tickets out here. Out of you know, this is not a big venue to begin with. Uh, there's blue all over this map for. AEW's first event back on the road. And I know it's Florida and I know it's Miami, but uh, why, uh, why, why is there so little interest in, uh, in, in AEW's first event back on the road? Cedar Park in Austin, Texas, near Austin, Texas, doing much better. Um, not a ton of difference from, from one week to the next, but most of the seats are unavailable. There's a little bit of blue in the highest, in the highest regions of the venue. Uh, that, that is on, when is that? That's the 14th. That's the second dynamite back on the road. And then we jump to uh, July 28th in Charlotte, uh, where there's a lot of availability in the upper levels. 
but this one looks okay. Um, and then jumping to WWE, where the basically the, the trend is that the first events back on the road, especially the TV events, are doing well. But the further along the list you go, uh, especially when it comes to the house shows, they're doing pretty badly. Uh, you can still get tickets for Money in the Bank. Mostly it's the really expensive tickets and the really high up tickets, but Money in the Bank's going to be pre-packed. Uh, the first Raw on the road. So the first actual event on the road, we're not talking about here. That's in Houston. That's SmackDown July 16th. That's doing well. Uh, we talked about that last time. The first Raw back on the road. Uh, it does look like they, are, they, are, they have opened the highest level. There are plenty of tickets available up there. Uh, but doing okay, this Raw in, in Dallas on July 19th. And then we get to the super shows, the, the house shows, the non-televised hmm. events that this media company is putting on. Uh, lots and lots of tickets available for the Pittsburgh house show. Lots and actually more tickets available this week than last week for Louisville. They must have opened up more seats and maybe there were COVID restrictions. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're looking at this goal, but you can see where there's, there's rows and gaps between the rows in, in the last week image. And then in the this week image, those rows have been filled in with blue dots in a lot of cases. So a lot. Interesting that they would open seats. Well, I imagine they, they, you know, they with, uh, rolled back COVID restrictions maybe in that, in that area. So they were yeah. able to put more tickets on sale, but uh, yeah, lots of tickets available for the house show in Louisville on July 25th, uh, July 31st, Milwaukee, another house show, more tickets available this week than last week. <laughs> uh, Detroit, another house show on August 1st. Looks, I'm, I'm just looking at it right now to assess it with my own eyeballs. Looks almost exactly the same. Just tons of blue all over the place. Um, Rosemont, uh, just outside Chicago, August 2nd, a, a raw. Um, more tickets on, on sale. It looks like they've opened up the, the upper level here. Uh, most of the lower level is gone. So this this looks to be doing okay, this, this uh, Chicago raw taping. Uh, then August 6th, SmackDown in Tampa, uh, a lot of tickets are gone this week that were not uh, gone last week. So that there appears to be some movement for SmackDown in Tampa. Uh, then the house show in Fort Myers on August 7th, a lot of availability there. Gainesville the following day, um, doing, doing okay. Uh, the Orlando Raw on August 9th. A lot of availability. It looks like they've opened up yeah. the, the top deck. Uh, the the Tulsa SmackDown. A lot of availability. They do not appear to have op- opened up the upper deck. Uh, Charlotte. More tickets available this week than last week. This looks like, in fact, fuck. I made a mistake in, in the uh, in the PDF here. Did I? No. I made a mistake the first no. week. Hmm. Anyway, there's a lot of availability for the the house show in Charlotte. Yeah, that's the Tulsa image there. I've gotten here twice. Anyway, oh, I did. I did read somewhere that it looks like AEW have sold more tickets than WWE has in Charlotte. I know. I I know that where that was coming from. Look, I think these are a great Rorschach test for where your biases lie. <laughs> then they do kind of look like I may have heard from that from somebody who read the Observer. Yeah, may have. <laughs> like, Dave thinks that. They're run- hey, look, they're running a lot of the same markets, and, and AEW is running smaller venues, yes. Uh, WWE is running bigger venues, but uh, you know, 
I think AEW's ahead of, of WWE. I don't I don't buy that. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens as we get closer here. Maybe we'll get actual numbers. But uh, I don't believe that. The, the, again, the first tapings, the, those couple first tapings, the, the Cedar Park, um, for AEW, and and what is what what uh, where is the second one? Uh, in Charlotte, so maybe, maybe they are doing better in Charlotte for a, a Dynamite versus a house show. That's possible. But uh, but but, but. I hear I hear a, a, just a lot of excuses being made for for whatever your preferred promotion is, and I think it's just. You can you can see where people's biases lie both ways here. It's an August fifteenth house show. Um, I mean, the way house shows go is, is there's not a lot of like attraction. Like it's not going to be on television and all that. House show sales usually are better. I mean, I don't have this numbers, but for me, I buy a house show ticket the day of, and I think a lot of people do that around. House shows don't sell as well. I mean, it's, there's no question about no. that. Um, <clears throat> Columbia. House show, tons of availability. A little bit less than last week, though. Um, San Antonio Raw, doing okay. Still some availability, a little bit less than last week. Phoenix SmackDown, doing pretty well. A lot better than, than some of the others, especially for being this late in the schedule here. SummerSlam tickets are available for Las Vegas, the home of Nick Khan, WWE President Nick Khan, coming home to main event SummerSlam. Local boy done good. Yes, there's, a, there's a, a, a an article in local uh, Las Vegas media this week. Um, SummerSlam looks to be doing okay. There's uh, some blue probably among the most expensive seats. There's a lot of resale available, but SummerSlam looks to be doing okay. Um, again, that, that's in a stadium. Uh, I, it's not clear to me what the capacity is going to be. Um, house show in Denver, more available this week than last week. Uh In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, 
Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. SmackDown in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Just tons of availability. The, the arena looks empty at this point. Uh, Oklahoma City Raw on August 30th. A lot of availability. And Jacksonville, Florida, where perhaps the market has been saturated for wrestling uh, on September 3rd when SmackDown comes there. Lots of available seats there right now. Uh, maybe yeah, there's some that have sold. Uh, and then in Miami on September 6th, tons of availability for Raw on Labor Day. So um, I think there's, you know, the ones that are doing well, great. There's a lot that aren't doing well. Uh, wrestling should be the beneficiary of pent-up demand uh, in, in, as COVID is winding down, hopefully. And I don't think there's much of an excuse for the for the ones that aren't doing well, other than people aren't that interested in the product, whether it's WWE or or the ones or or Miami that's not doing well for AEW. Um, as we speak here, it's June 20th, and you know we do have those three July dynamites. We I would think we would get an announcement this week regarding late July August dynamites. You would think. Yeah, I don't know. You know, especially now we're in that competitive market for ticket sales. Things are opening up. Most in New York is is fully open now. So, I mean, they did announce the the USTA show the at the Arthur Ashe, but yes. as far as a weekly schedule, hey, this is where we're going to be at until here, until there. We really don't have anything concrete. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, Moving on to something that uh, got you a little bit of Twitter buzz this week. I saw this thing shared from other people that uh, uh, that I didn't even know listen to WrestleNomics or have interest in WrestleNomics, but it's the you did a graph breaking mm-hmm. down the wrestling Patreon industry. A two no million one, dollar industry. No one's ever done this. <laughs> and yeah. uh, very, very interesting. Uh, when you break it down, um, I know you want to go to more details, but just to give people uh, guide the ship adfreeshows.com ran by Conrad Thompson, yeah. the number one in estimated uh, with uh, an estimated patrons, but it was that 3,336. Yeah. As of, I think I did this on Thursday, Thursday. I think I did this. 17th, I think that? so. I I I, I, I see Jordan anyway. Grace commenting on it. I saw Conrad and and uh, which is interesting because Jordan Grace's um, patron number is not visible. I estimated based on where the search was. There's there's two in here in the top twenty uh, that are not. They do not publish their numbers, but I just sort of grab them. So you, you search wrestling, and they seem to be sorted in order of who has the most patrons. And so if if there's a there's a 
creator who doesn't have their patrons public, they're they're couched between you know they're 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 between somebody who's above them apparently and somebody who's below them apparently. And I just took the median of of who they're next yeah. to and you know so I, I I took that as I must not be that far off if she's willing to to share it, um, or or I'm too high. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the um, there's four if you so this is just a result of searching for the word wrestling on Patreon, which as it turns out would leave out um, the lapsed fan because the lapsed fan does not have the word wrestling in their, in their little bio where where you're supposed to list like what you're creating. So-and-so is creating this, whatever, right? If you don't have the word wrestling in there, you didn't come up in this, but, but those who did 440 of them uh, on Patreon, majority of them have less than 10 patrons. 56% 56% have less than 10 patrons, in fact. So as I said in the tweet, many uh, have hundreds. We now have 125 as of this recording. Uh, a few have thousands. The Fightful Select has really been amazing in its growth. I've been tracking that for uh, before this. Um, I've been, I've been, I've, for, for the last few months, I've been tracking uh, Patreon accounts that I feel like are kind of peers of, of WrestleNomics, to get an idea of, you know, how big is the growth potential and, uh, and post wrestling is doing well too. Post wrestling is among the leaders. Yep. Um, I have to ask in the middle of this podcast, a couple times per recording, Chris Gull, we, we can see each other on video. He stands up as if I've just said something very offensive and he's walking out. Uh, what, what is going on? I just popped my knee. <laughs> okay. Uh, I gotta, <laughs> this uh, this left knee isn't isn't as good as the right one. But anyway, what was I saying? Uh, oh yeah, you were, I, just, I, you were talking about how it uses a gauge to see yeah. growth potential. What I, what I found is that like maybe a, a good measurement is sort of two percent, maybe four percent of your Twitter followers is a good conversion rate as far as predicting how how much growth you can get, something like that. But yeah, Fightful has, has grown enormously over the last several months. Um, I think. Sean Rossap is doing a great job doing these little reports through um, through Patreon. I think uh, I don't think there's anybody doing a better job of being in touch with talent uh, than Sean Rossap at this point. Um, yeah, this is uh, I think ad free shows. That's Conrad. He's got all the talent and he does a, a really good job. Uh, I've heard. I, I honestly haven't listened that much, but it does a good job of um, you know doing research and preparing these shows and producing them. Um, OSW review. Have you ever listened to OSW review or do you know what that is? I have, I have not. I've, I've seen it in passing, but I was yeah. very shocked there. I, I, I used to listen to watch their, their YouTube videos and stuff. It, it's, it's, it's Irish people being funny about wrestling. It's, it, it's not bad. Um, I knew it was, I knew it was like Irish or England, but I just didn't yes. know much yes. about it. Um, but yeah. Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast, which this this podcast is a member of their free podcast feed. Uh, they're they're doing really well, seven hundred over seven hundred patrons for their uh, for their Patreon. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm you know I am a fan of Brian what Brian Zane does. So seeing Wrestling Regret do pretty good, six eighty. Danhausen, I you know always love me some Danhausen. Six hundred and ten thousand. I saw, I saw, or six hundred ten overall, overall. So, yeah, I mean, it. Some of these surprise me, but some of these like don't surprise me. I mean, 
I think one of the morals of this story is that um, I, I, I'm aware of some people who you know, are sort of discouraged about their lack of growth on, on Patreon sometimes. But if, if you, you have more than 10 Patreon, patrons, you're doing better than most people. You're doing better than most people if you have more than 10. So uh, in, that, in that case, WrestleMonics is doing great. <laughs> We're growing. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, so. this sort of gets at one of my peeve issues where um, I think subscriber growth or subscriber revenues and direct-to-consumer revenues are more more valuable and they lend themselves they it lends itself to better content more informative intelligent content than than i think ad ad revenue driven businesses do um if you have a wrestling news site that is totally or if you have a business that is totally driven any kind of media business i think really that's totally driven by ad revenue or mostly driven by ad revenue you're more incentivized to just make people gawk and make people enraged i mean that this is this is what social media is um if you look at facebook's revenue sources it's almost completely uh ad revenue which it's a really powerful tool and i'm going to use it in a, in a day or two to do this uh nps survey but uh when all of your money comes from the number of impressions you can drive you end up uh, inciting insurrection, for example, uh, or, or in the case of Twitter, as much as we use Twitter, and I think Twitter has been a very valuable tool for, for me personally. Uh, it, it also, as people know, it's a terrible place to have conversations a lot of the time <laughs> because people are terrible on it, and the, and the algorithms maximize enragement uh, or confirmation bias. Um, they serve you. It's in their interest to serve you what will make you engage. I can't remember what that documentary was that was on Netflix that talked about that. I've heard that. about that. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think Google is another one, another massive business, tech business, that's almost completely supported by ad revenue. And I think YouTube has done a lot to uh, make people more stupid than they used to be. <laughs> Even though YouTube, that's not to say YouTube is terrible, but YouTube is this really great platform uh, in some ways. But in other ways, it's it's made people worse. Um, but anyway, uh, s- subscriber revenues. <laughs> uh, I think uh, the, the Patreon, for one thing, when when people started, when I first started to hear people talk about Patreon, there was uh, a, a perception to the brand that this was like panhandling or asking people for money, begging people for money, and I totally got that, and I I was kind of you know feeling that way too. And I think over the last couple of years, it's it's transformed into being more of a subscription service. The more that, and I think what makes this powerful for people who are doing wrestling related content, like we are here, um, the more people use it. There's sort of a flywheel effect here, in that the more that there's, the more that there, the the average person is using Patreon for at least one creator, the more likely they are, the more comfortable I think they are with subscribing to your Patreon too. And I, and I think that's just going to increase over time as, um, as people who are, you know, younger now become older and, and gain more income. They have more disposable income over time. Uh, these are the people who are going to be more likely to, to subscribe and to, uh, to patronize, uh, a, 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 a creator who's, uh, this sort of niche creator. That's not, uh, this big mainstream personality or something. Um, so I think this is a really good, area to invest in 
Um, I shouldn't say that though. So don't, don't compete with me. Turn, turn off your Patreon. And, uh, you know, I want uh, all the, all the subscribers for ourselves here. Yeah. It's, you know, it is creating extra content, something special for your niche audience. Cause not everybody, your overall audience is going to be, you know, an, a patron, but like for, and it, and it, oh no, just for me, like, you know, I've said it here before. Uh, I'm a patron of between the sheets because I just short of this list, by the way, just short of this list. I, uh, I love what they do weekly, but I actually prefer the deep dives on a certain topic. And it, it is kind of inspired my other podcast, you know, uh, it's, so right. I, it, 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 it's capitalizing on your niche and I don't think it's making your non niche audience go, how dare he put something over there, you know? And even like with at free yeah. shows, a lot of it is just early releases, you know? Yes. They do have a lot of other content. Now they do like, you know, shows, but smaller shows with other people and, you know, they have, uh, you know, live Q and A's and stuff like that. But a lot of that is just like, Hey, if you're such a fan of the Kurt Angle show, for you could get it a week early, you know, and mm-hmm. to some people, they, they want that. Yeah. And another thing on the sort of the hard economics of this is I think that the monetization rate when you're talking about a direct sale is so much higher than it would be for um, your monetization rate per, like say per user per person. Uh, think, think about trying to monetize YouTube. It takes roughly, and we'll, we'll talk about this. I'm sure in shows to come when we, when we talk about, uh, YouTube views among wrestling promotions, it takes about roughly 1,000 views to make $1 on YouTube, right? It depends on, yes, I'm, I know, it, it, it varies greatly depending on the CPM. But it, it takes about, let's let's say, 1,000 views to make $1. Um, so you have to, now granted, the, the, who knows how much of the, of the time people are uh, actually spending watching, but let's say 1,000 people or even a few hundred people to make $1, uh, you know, or off of one view versus I'm getting one person to pay $5 a month, you know? So it's, uh, it's just, you're getting more money per, per customer, per viewer, per audience member, I think this way. And I think like the, the, the Patreon stuff is especially useful for wrestling creators because I think there's wrestling is an especially niche thing. There's not a huge, huge audience. In fact, there seem that the audience is perhaps shrinking over time, <laughs> but there's this disproportionate passion for it. There's people who are, if, if they are interesting, uh, there's a lot of people who are super into it. So I think that, that lends itself to subscription service versus consuming the free product that's supported by ads. So I think that's why I would, I would imagine other forms of, uh, of, of Patreon creators uh, the, I think the, the, I would imagine the wrestling creators are disproportionate in their number and perhaps in, in terms of their, their patrons too. All right. Uh, we are going to move this train to the stock market. And mm-hmm. after that crazy week of being a meme stock, uh, back to reality here uh, as close on Friday, $57.83 for a share of WWE stock. So pretty much back to normal in that, you know, 53 to 58 area where they usually live. Yes. Not a lot to say here, but the B stock is totally back to reality. It's in fact. So if you look at the Tuesday, which is the day before the meme stock before the, the day before I woke up to a, a Reddit link in my DM box, 
Uh, it was 50, it closed at $58.15 on Friday. It closed just below that $57.83. So the meme stock bubble has burst. All right. And uh, we're going to move on to something interesting that you broke down this week, Facebook video viewing and how in comparison between AW glory, kickboxing impact wrestling, WWE network, UFC one championship and uh, the WWE in general uh, for their Facebook videos. And uh, no surprise on Facebook videos. WWE is number one overall for March, April and May. Over a billion YouTube views, or sorry, Facebook views. Is that right? Yes, yes. Facebook view, over a billion. Now, a Facebook view is is not equal to a YouTube view, which is what we're about to talk about here. A Facebook view, according to Facebook anyway, the trustworthy people over in Zuckerberg land, three seconds is a, is a Facebook video view. Um, a YouTube view, I think, is somewhere between 10 and 30 seconds at a minimum. So it's easier to register a Facebook view than it is a YouTube view. But anyway. And I mean, um, you look at AEW is, compared to this list, the lowest. uh, And maybe something that that you'll actually, like, look into. When they release of what happened on Dynamite and all that, Instagram gets a a lot of it. And it gets it the quickest. So if you want to, like, you, you you know, you're not watching Diamond here, like, oh, what did Britt Baker do? It won't be on YouTube yet, because usually they only release one thing that night, and then the next day they start releasing stuff. I don't really go to Facebook to find AEW content. I don't, it's not, it doesn't frequently pop up in my feed. Instagram is where it seems they put a lot of their stuff. So it'd be interesting if you, uh, you know, start, uh, breaking that down to see where they are. It might still be towards the bottom of the list, but I think they do better there. Well, well, the thing is, this is from tubular labs. They, they're doing YouTube and Facebook. They're not collecting at the moment. uh, Instagram. If I could, I would. Um, But uh, I, I I don't know if this is an intentional strategy on, on uh, AW's part. The, The big takeaway here is that. Yeah. 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 WWE's through the roof, of course they are. But even in the comparison of Impact, AW is now on YouTube. AW is now uh, exceeding Impact, and Impact has probably benefited because they have a, they have a, you know a twenty year legacy at this point. They have a ton of backlog library, right, which AW doesn't have. But AW is exceeding Impact in terms of monthly views on YouTube. But on Facebook, AW is doing a tenth of, of what Impact is doing. Um, if I go to AW's Facebook page right now, they still do not have video video highlights of Friday Night Dynamite as we record here on Sunday afternoon. I don't know if that's an intentional strategy. I don't know if that's just a, a lack of, uh, of of people on on a social media team. I don't know if it's a lack of, of understanding or what. But yeah, I've uh, I know I know other people in the uh, who work in social media for wrestling companies who are just dumbfounded by what they're doing if we look at youtube overall uh you know and compares to aw i mean they obviously uh, seem doing better there they're kind of in the middle of the pack when you compare them to glory impact one championship ufc and and wwe and WWE by far uh you know 
I could not put WB on the chart because you would not be able to read any of the other numbers for the YouTube UFC, chart. you know, right there. And still it's, you know, not even, uh, not even close where they are. Um, and just to go, to go back to the Facebook video views, it is conspicuous that uh, I think most of these players have uh, can hear the plane. Yeah. So they're probably what happened was I just actually, heard it like a few minutes ago, and it's probably the same plane <laughs> that just went towards you because they're we're both. If you're still yeah. where I think you are, there's an air. We're both located near water, very close to water, so. That's where they're doing the whole thing. Close the Blue enough, Angels, yeah. folks, for those um, of you. They're in Buffalo this weekend. Yeah. Yes, there's a there's <laughs> a, a showing of air power by the water this weekend. Anyway, uh, it's conspicuous that the, the Facebook video views for most of these companies has doubled or nearly doubled or maybe more than doubled uh, over the last couple of months. And, uh, you know, it, I've been asked, well, did uh, – did, Facebook change how they measure video views? Uh, not that I can tell. I've, I've done some some Google searching, but I can't I can't tell. Uh, who knows ever what's going on in the in the world of Facebook? But, and uh, you actually did a nice uh, comparison uh, between the WWE and WWE Network because they are two separate when it comes to the Facebook viewing views uh, between March, April, and May. And uh, yes. um, WWE. Uh, does obviously better than what they're putting on the network there, but you'll notice on my feed, the network pops up a lot of the old school retro stuff like that. Uh, but uh, the network doesn't have stuff on YouTube though. Just, just Facebook. Wow. Those planes are getting louder and louder. <laughs> yes. Oh, is that, is that what I heard there? Okay. It's probably one on the way to me now. Um. Oh, our, our, our friends, of the uh, of the Voice of Wrestling podcast network, everything elite also pointed out that um, uh, you know, W is doing some stuff with TikTok, I believe. Uh, AEW, there is an AEW on TNT TikTok account that has basically nothing on it. Uh, you know, pe- people will like to point out that. Well, I don't use Facebook for anything. I'm a you know I'm I'm a thirty something wrestling watcher. I don't use Facebooks for boomers. But, uh, um, but, but TikTok is the TikTok. new trend. Uh, I have well, a friend um, that actually works for UFC at the Performance Center in Las Vegas, and uh, recently they asked all the people that work there to create do TikTok videos for the Performance Center Institute. Performance Institute, it really is over there. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's been a growing thing in these companies. Yeah. And, and I'm and I don't have any data on hand, but um, I was listening to the Lightshed podcast, which is a uh, Rich Greenfield and uh, and Brandon Ross, Brandon Ross who covers W Stock, um, and they were talking about how the, the watch time for TikTok overall is just soaring to the point where it's either exceeding YouTube or it's it's right next to YouTube, or you know it's the only thing that people are using. Uh, it's the only thing that that uh, YouTube is the only thing that that's being used more than than TikTok in terms of total watch time, and the audience is yep. very young, right? It's not just recently comes to playing. Uh, so, uh, anything before we move on, I actually want to, before we go to the Tony Khan article, I have two small things I wanted to bring up because we can pretty much end with the Tony Khan article. First off, you actually had something on the Patreon, which is only $5 a month about the NFTs that have been released for Jim Cornette and Bret Hart. 
Um, maybe not. Maybe you just shared something to me. I have something on the Patreon. I get about the emails. It? They're mostly Patreon things you share to me. Oh, no. okay. Oh, I, I forwarded you a press release that's well, folks. There is nothing on it, but there's so much more. But tell tell the people <laughs> yes. what it's about. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, there's a company that is going to oh, release it's... NFT uh, packages and tiers for Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim Cornette, and this same week, and I don't know. I don't know the Jim Cornette. I've for who I've I've heard of Bret Hart. Is he that person? <laughs> uh, I don't know the logistics on this other thing that's been announced this week. Is it just a Patreon type thing? Is it a real cryptocurrency? But MJF coin was announced this week. Oh yeah. I mean, either Maybe. I I just don't you know what it really it. is. Is it? I don't know anything about it. I've I've just seen. You're. No, you're the, you one, you're the one who traffics. But you also there can, is can a you ton of cryptos out there that are just kind of joke crypto coins. There's like a poo coin, and if yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and most well, of well, that's how Dogecoin started. Right? I would have to. It's a joke. I'll look to see if it really is on like a standard cryptocurrency trading thing for about a time next week. But yeah, if you want some MJF coin. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did. I did see somebody post a line chart to, to show how it had grown in value over the short time that it's, it's been. It's available. it's that that will start a trend. Yeah. That's if that's it, funny. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I know people talk about how cryptocurrency is terrible for the environment. If wrestlers can find like a way to make money, fixed. But yeah, he won't be the only one with cryptocurrency if he does well. You know, I, I and then WWE will get their hands in yeah. it. And then, you know, it'll be RKO coin and like all this stuff. Um, also, too, we talked about the Cameo partnership last week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this week on Twitter. Uh, fans were posting their Alexa Bliss cameos that cost $600 from that new Cameo partnership. Uh, okay. One was 25 seconds. I saw this shared. But it was a video, so Another was 16 it. seconds, but most of them were like that for $600 and she okay. just like says hi uh, this is Alexa Bliss or in her like childish gimmick thing and you know being <laughs> it's not childish speaking it's, like this a is normal possessed is... child <laughs> like uh, and just like they said their name and she makes like a weird comment yeah. and, and then I, I, I think my favorite thing was she does one for this guy and she goes oh you're from Texas I don't think I've ever been to Texas. And then it pretty much ends. And I'm like, you're, you guys are promoting that you're doing live shows in Texas next month. Say something like that. Oh, we'll be in Texas next month. Do a little shilling, something like the people. Yeah. And people the complaint that this was too been, short. It's got very viral on Twitter that from what you get usually on a, cameo from a wrestler you get a few minutes the prices are way cheaper than six hundred dollars and she's doing 16 second cameos for 600 bucks and i wonder if she was doing cameo before and i'm in the in the pre you you can't do cameo days and now she's now she's maybe fraction maybe a fraction is this a recall keep it 30 seconds later is this a talent call they're like oh i'm only getting because it, are they getting their 
Who knows? Are they getting their normal royalty percentages? And if they are, that's that's not a giant number. So, yeah, so that's, you know, just want to come to those little tidbits out with the cameo and the MJF coin and mm-hmm. the Bret Hart, you know, NFTs. Uh, but big news this week in the WrestleNomics world was the Forbes article on Tony Khan and AEW yes. uh, titled Meet All the Wrestling's Tony Khan, the next Lord of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh want to kind of read some of the wrestling metaphor quotes here. His tone in the video came across as more tongue-in-cheek than Pile Driver, referring to Tony Khan's promo on Nick Khan. Uh, Khan has shown little intention of crushing McMahon with a metaphorical steel chair. Mm-hmm. And then I think my favorite one was, he would rather recreate the heyday of the Monday Night Wars than have a sleeper hold on wrestling as McMahon has for two decades. Yes. In, uh, in articles like this for other people who are involved in other sports or endeavors... Are, are there are there puns like this? Why does uh, well, and if not, why why does wrestling always get this treatment? I'm surprised it wasn't like Tony Khan's looking to body slam the competition. Yeah, we'll get into kind of the meat and potatoes of it uh, on AEW profitability. Khan expects his wrestling division to be profitable this year, though an eight figure investment in a video game development will keep the company in the red for now. And this line. Blew up, did it on social media? Oh. Yes, from people that understood what he meant, understand the investment, and people that are like, "Oh, this company—they're putting all their money into a video game, and they're going to go bankrupt." And this and that, like, people just can't take a step aside and realize that they're making an investment in a video game industry, which honestly, I think they'll do very well in, and they'll make that money back tenfold, maybe. Um- the takeaway for me here is that this implies that AEW uh, has not been profitable yet. Um, even though the Wrestling Observer newsletter has said that AEW was profitable after it's after they made their t- January 2020 deal, where they renewed or extended their deal with uh, with Warner Media uh, at, a, at a higher rate now now 175 million dollars over four years, which is as, as this article also mentions. Uh, 43 and a third or four, yeah, 43 and, and three quarters of a million dollars average annual basis. More on that, that number later. Um, so AW has not been profitable yet on an annual basis. Anyway, there's different ways you can cut up time, right? But, but on an annual basis, they've not been profitable. Apparently um, that's takeaway. Number one, eight figures is a lot of figures. That's, that's somewhere between what um, $10 million and 99 million dollars so who knows how much money uh they're they're really investing there a lot though uh more than 10 million dollars um but in reality, conversation. Yeah, go ahead. you could say that eight figure number that we we didn't really know that they got to move from tnt to tbs they could basically invest that number into the you know replace you know if, if, if it's the same that. number i don't believe they're getting you're 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 saying that they're getting more money because they're moving to tbs well, remember they said that the, 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 it was including an eight-figure number to move networks when Tony counts to them. Yeah. You remember that? I don't, no, yeah. I, and I don't believe I don't believe they're getting. Eight oh, you don't figures. believe it? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. No, no, I, 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 I literally do, find me the quote, and we'll we'll right. we'll consider it uh, this I week will. or next hour. Yeah, you, um, but you continue. <laughs> all right. Um, 
you know, I was having a conversation with somebody uh, months ago and we were talking about the opportunities for W. I thought we were talking about the opportunities for WWE uh, revenue growth. Um, and uh, we we're discussing the you know, potential uh, growth in the gaming space uh, for maybe perhaps for WWE. WWE has a lot of uh, valuable intellectual property, a lot of history of success. Well, sort of in, in the video game space, they still, you know, they sell, I would guess somewhere around 20 to $30 million uh, per year in, uh, in both console and, and mobile games. Um, but lo and behold, it was AEW that was investing in, in video game space. Um, so I think this is uh, referring to the console game, especially. That's what was hinted to me. Um, but maybe also the, the, the mobile uh, games that they're, that they're working on. So the casino game has come out already. The two, two mobile gaming companies that they're working with are crystallized games and comma games uh seems to me that that is the smaller piece compared to uh the investment in console games ukes is producing their console game um do you uh yeah do you have the quote it was not a tony khan quote but pw insider reported that uh, it was making the rounds that it was an eight figure payday yeah. for warner yeah. media to make right. the move anywhere between 10 to 100 million dollars yeah, that does, that does sound familiar now. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> well, over 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 what time too? On an annual basis? You're telling me they, they got a ten million dollar increase on an annual basis? I'm not they saying they did or not, but if they on, did on a, on a deal on a deal that's that's about forty million dollars per year, my th- they, they got a twenty five percent increase. The point I'm trying to make is that the world is burning or perspective that a lot of people are taking on social media because of this investment in the video game. It's not. I think they'll do well on that, and, I, and there is other areas they can replace that investment. Yeah, I will, I will say this: there's tr- a tremendous amount of misleading information and incorrectly believed information about AEW's financial state um, that I think certain people in AEW are fine to have out there, and and certain people who are writing about AEW and, and trying to get an audience to understand AEW just don't understand um, and don't don't know the, the finance details well maybe don't know the math details well um and i think there's a lot of it's not a publicly traded company so who knows and it's just a privately private company so yeah and i think it'll, it'll stay a private company despite fantasies you can have about uh, it being a publicly traded company or something or a spac no i think it's uh and this, this is reflected in the pay-per-view numbers as well right uh everybody always thinks the pay-per-view numbers are x i think they're x minus something uh, I think there's just a lot of uh, people are happy. Certain people are happy to have this exaggerated view about AEW's performance out there. Certain people are are um, not scrutinizing enough of the information that they're being given. All right. And uh, we had uh, thoughts from Shahid Khan on, uh, on AEW in the article. He said, I absolutely didn't think this was a good idea. The Elder Khan says, but I told Tony, look, when I'm dead and gone, I'm going to be leaving you and your sister a lot of money. Why don't you blow some of it while I'm alive? Yes. That's interesting interesting to to hear that Shad did not think this wrestling thing was going to work out. Um, I mean, I remember hearing about this when it was in the works and thinking, well, yeah, I mean, WB sitting on their ass, uh, you know, spending lots of money and doing lots of big things, but the creative sucks. And uh, look look at the media rights values. They're going to grow over time too, and they are. And uh, yeah, if you, you it's it, it's an enormous barrier to entry though. You have to have a ton of money, and you have this you have to have the sports credibility. I'll say something nice now after I said 
some some harsher things right there. You have to have the sports credibility. And Tony Khan absolutely has the sports credibility to get on TNT, for example, which is is the biggest the biggest piece of all, probably. All right. And uh other notes on it, the forty three point seven five million AW received from TNT last year made up the largest share of its revenue, but that's a rounding error compared to the publicly traded uh WWE's record nine hundred and seventy four million dollars in revenue in twenty twenty. Yeah. Surprise surprised to see the observer not go through this with a comb <laughs> a fine tooth tooth comb this week. Um $43.75 million is the average annual value if you divide $175 million by four. I believe a lot of that money is guaranteed and escalating, just like the V's deals are, but some of it isn't. Some of it's ad revenue. Uh, so it's guaranteed and escalating some of it. So that means it's 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 lower in the early years, higher in the later years. So the, so the, the money that they got, what does it say, this year, last year? Uh. Yeah, so it was a large share of its revenue. Yeah, last year. Last so, yeah. year. It's, it's comparing their 2020. They to probably got something more. Yeah, they probably got something more like $38 million or something like that, not 44. Uh, because it's it's escalating. And I think there's this margin of ad revenue that 10%, you know, about 10% of it that may fluctuate back, you know, plus or minus uh, of whatever is guaranteed. So uh, more like 38 not 44 not a huge difference but but not that and uh, no, another note from the article there's no reason why there only needs to be one wrestling company contest contradicting the act that he put uh on the aw promo the wrestling business is hotter now than it's been in a long time do you believe that i don't the believe money that. might be better but the the ratings isn't there i think it's it's more niche no I think it's more niche, just sort of like we were talking about with, with, with Patreon. I think wrestling is a space where you can get more and you get more and more money out of people, an individual person over time. Uh, you can get more money out of the average wrestling fan today than you could yesterday, and you'll get more out of that person tomorrow than you will, will today. And that's going to continue to be the trend over time. But wrestling, I don't know if you could make an argument that maybe it's, it's, it's never been as, less popular than it is now. It's still tremendously valuable to TV networks because it's still quite popular, popular enough to, for WWE at least, to demand. There's Vince McMahon flying in low on me there. They were just by my house. But anyway, as I was shouting, they're still pop. Wrestling is still popular enough. WWE is still popular enough to demand hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars a year for TV rights fees for its core content. It's wrestling content, by the way. So it's more profitable than ever. I, it's, I know we're, we're still in, in a strange COVID time where who knows what ticket sales would be, who knows what merchandise sales would really be. But uh, WWE is less popular, I think, now than it's been at any time in my adult life. There are more non-WB wrestling products that are uh, popular now, which is a very unusual thing. Uh, and that's largely a function of the fragmented media space that we increasingly live in. So there's a, a greater diversity of wrestling products available to the average consumer globally, probably. Um, but more popular on the whole. No, I don't believe that the biggest company in the world, uh, 
is uh, is in a multi-year decline across a number of its metrics that are tied to consumer revenues. And uh, AW's done an impressive thing by getting on network TV and getting a nice TV deal. It's not a huge TV deal, though, and their, their ratings aren't huge. Their ratings are, are, are pretty good, at least when they're not on Friday nights. Uh, but I don't see them as this, you know, they're, they're not uh, massively popular either, obviously. All right. Well, with that, uh, I'll get my plugs. Uh, check out uh, Chris Gello on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Things are getting busy in July. So, uh, you know, uh, in July we'll be uh, I'll be doing one last live demonstration seminar for Excite Wrestling. Uh, and then uh, July 10th, I'll be in New Jersey for NFW. But yeah, so uh, it's it's going to be a busy July. And as far as the rediscovering the indie side of things, we are recording this week. The last episode in the XPW journey and saga, mostly going to be covering the trial, the reunion show, and the legacy of XPW. So you can check out our TI pod on, on Twitter. Who owns a, who owns a tape library? Rob Black, as far as I know. I I I, mm-hmm. I don't I want to look more into that because that is something that should be on IWTV. It really should. Um, just be, I mean, when the that's our Mongo Twitter has been posting clips from it, and it, they've they've gotten tons of retweets. Uh, but yeah, so Instagram, Facebook, Rediscover Indies, RTI Pod on Twitter. Uh, so you look for July th- or June. Thirtieth uh, will be our next episode. The last day of June. Go off the month with a bang for that you can uh, subscribe to the wrestleomics patreon which we've talked about a great deal here today uh for five dollars a month for that you get uh, i've been doing ratings updates lately that are that are uh, first reports they're not uh, first reported elsewhere um here in the, in the post showbiz daily world where where we have spoiler dot tv.com but it's um it looks like they're only updating like once a week they'll, they'll just do like a week at a time on one day but anyway this week, we've got a, a Ticketmaster seating maps for WB and AEW for the patrons, which we, which we discussed just now. But you can look at it for yourself. Uh, I've got ratings on the, on the China documentary. i got ratings on Impact Wrestling, on Raw, SmackDown, AEW, Most Wanted Treasures. Um, there's a notebook from last week. You get access to the WrestleNomics ratings tracker, WrestleNomics viewership spreadsheet, whichever you prefer. Uh, you can follow WrestleNomics at WrestleNomics. You can follow me at Brandon Thurston. I'm Brandon Thurston. I'm Chris Kello. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.